Welcome back to CodingCat.dev, where we give you cats the freshest dose of dev snacks. Here is Alex Patterson and Brittany Postma. This episode brought to you by Storyblock. Build anything and publish everywhere. Welcome back, perfect peeps, to CodingCat.dev podcast. We have Becca with us today. Hey, Becca. Hey, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, anytime. Um, Brittany's back with me in studio-ish, even though we're kind of not in a studio. Yeah. But you're back from Denver, <laughs> which is exciting. Back from Denver, yes, with a very raspy voice because that was a whirlwind two and a half days in Denver. <laughs> very it's fun. Much fun. Is, so much can you, fun. Can you tell us about it or is it top secret? I mean, not top secret, but a really cool engineering offsite for my company and lots of fun. Got to meet a lot of the engineering organization and just really cool. I mean, uh, we were just basically like, go, go, go. But uh, yeah. So was this, your, was this your first in-person meet for everybody? So for the engineering team, it was, I had met the design team before and um, we have an office in Chicago. So I'd been down to Chicago and met a couple of people before, but not um, most of the team. Like this was a lot of us. Nice. There's, I think there's roughly like 50 engineers. So there were a you lot of remind people where, where you work. I work at Provi. Um, it's an, it's kind of hard to describe what we do, but it's an alcohol uh, beverage company. So um, if you're a grocery store, bar, restaurant, and you sell or um, buy alcohol, you need a sales rep and then they get it from a distributor. So you may get tequila and beer from two different people and so on and so on for different things. We aggregate that for them. And so the customer can go to one place and then they'll send it to the sales rep and then to the distributor for them without them having the hassle of all the different people. So it just kind of puts it all into one place. And then I actually just build the little components on the website. I do the design system stuff. So I stay out of all the like complicated stuff. All the, all the stuff people see though. It's awesome. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, I love it. Becca, Becca just took a drink and it reminded me we were talking about coffee. Um, how many coffees did you say you were in, Becca? Well, I, I'm only two in, but I'm, I'm ready for a third. I, I was up at 3.30 this morning, so the time change has, like, crushed me because, like, 4.30 is kind of an okay time for me to wake up. I'll do some work before I go work out. I work out at, like, 5.30. Um, but it's, like, wide awake. So, like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to get up and do some work now. <laughs> how long has it been? No. Like, my schedule is always a mess. Has it been a week since time change, is that right? Or two? Uh, oh, oh, in two a lifetime, maybe? I think. <laughs> I feel like the first night I, I pull like a code till 2 a.m. I'm like, ah, everything's messed up again, all over again. So. Just the fact that you have motivation to work out with your kids and your job and like all the things like props to you because I don't. <laughs> That's how I get through the day. I have to have that, that morning workout. So I'll go to the gym around like 5.30, get back at 7. And if I don't, then it just the entire day is is not going to go as planned. So got to get there, get out all of that aggression for all of the things that are going to come throughout the rest of the day. And then I, I can be uh, managing my time well and my interactions with other people. <laughs> yeah. What is what does that mean at the end of the day? Like 9 p.m. Your, your eyes are shut. You're in bed. It's usually by 10 p.m. So putting the kids to bed around 8.30 and then my seven-year-old always wants to cuddle, stay longer and cuddle. So do that until she's almost asleep. And then it's like 10 minutes in my bed before I'm asleep because I, I just can't. My seven-year-old is yeah. also like, we went through a phase for like two months where she could not stay in her own bed even through the night again. Yeah, yeah, we did that. Sorry, it's always, I just gave like, PTSD again from that too much streak. When we build bad habits in the summer too, everybody just like sleeps wherever. There's like kids laying on the floor or in a chair or in yeah. my bed, and it's just like, all right, now now it's school. You have to sleep in your own bed. What's that? That's that thing that has all my dirty clothes on it. <laughs> that's awesome. So you're uh, that that's pretty good. Ten to ten to four thirty typically. That's awesome. I, I yeah. wish I could keep schedules like that. Maybe I need to go back. My my kid's 14, and so I, 
it's like a mess. He goes to sleep whenever he wants. I do what I want. It's it's crazy. Yeah, my oldest um, sleep. Oh, sorry. I'm I'll stop talking about kids' sleep habits. <laughs> Go ahead. No, it's totally fine. We should talk about it for hours. Um <laughs> I I really just want to know more about you and have our audience know about you because I don't think originally, unless I'm getting this wrong, you were originally in tech. Is that correct? That is correct. I spent um 10 years teaching college English. And before that, I was a community organizer. So I, I've done, I taught adult education before that, um, done a lot of teaching in my life. And then in, let's see, 2019, I think that's when I did a boot camp and then moved over to tech. So I originally was a front end developer and then I've been spending a lot of time in DevRel. What was what prompted you to do the boot camp? Were you burned out from teaching or was it, man, I need to make some actual money because teaching doesn't pay anyone these days? So I never wanted or had any plans to leave my job. I was an adjunct and so I was teaching part time. It didn't pay much, but it was fine. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. It was just like, OK, this is what I do. Um, and then when I had my fourth kid, I went through birth trauma. So two of my organs ruptured into each other. Oh um, and they told me I was fine. I'm like, I, I'm not fine. Like, obviously I was in a lot of pain. I had a lot of symptoms and they're like, sometimes when you have your fourth kid, weird things happen. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure your organs don't rupture into each other, but they didn't know that for a couple of weeks. They just kept saying, oh, you're fine. It's, you're going to get over it. It's no big deal. So I saw like many doctors who just kind of like disregarded what That's I was scary. doing. That's super scary. It was. Right. I mean, I remember going home and thinking like, I can't do this. Like, I can't live my life in this condition for the yeah. rest of my life. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, and I'm sorry to hear that. That, that kind of made <laughs> you like start to realize like you got to transition then and, and do something different. Well, OK, so then I had gone to see my doctor. And she was like, um, you're not my problem anymore. Go see someone else. Ugh. And in that moment, it was like, that's pretty much the lowest moment of my life because like, I wasn't a patient. I was a problem and I wasn't her problem. So where am I supposed to go? Like the depths of hopelessness, um, oh. never felt like that before. And so I finally, like, luckily my mom went to high school with somebody who was an OBGYN and like texted her like, can you please see my daughter? And she got me in like, luckily, she, you know, there was that connection because yeah. I don't know what would have happened. So she found a specialist in Pittsburgh, which is about an hour from where I live, who um, saw me confirm that I had a hole the size of a 50 cent piece in between both of my organs and set up surgery. It was actually right around this time, um, seven years ago that it happened. And so I had surgery. I was still teaching through all of this. I was teaching remotely and I didn't know there was like nothing set up for like, okay, what if a life event happens? You know, what support do they offer? Like I, yeah. as far as I knew, you didn't teach, you didn't get paid. And at that time, like we really needed that money. And so I had surgery. I continued teaching. I overdosed on morphine in the hospital cause they didn't properly cap my pump. And so they had to Narcan me. Um, and I got an email from my, the head of my department he was like, um, so I heard that maybe you're going through some health issues. Are you still able to teach? And it was like, it was that moment where I was like, you know, maybe don't lead with that. Lead with like, are you okay? <laughs> oh my goodness. This is such a like terrible story. I feel so bad that you had to go through all of this. When I can't like laugh about it now, right? Because it's absurd. Like it, it is. It really is. It's absurd, not how people should behave. Just multiple levels of failure, like from different sides, too. Like just insane. Yeah, my wife yeah. works in in healthcare. She's on the administrative side, but there's so many stories. It's just it's tough. It's it's really bad. Ugh. Yeah, my my husband does too, and we were just talking about one last night, and I won't go into it here because I know I know we've been on like several tangents already. I don't yeah. want to spend all our time on it, but yeah, I mean, and it's sometimes it's it's like crazy. It's hard for doctors like to do their job correctly, but it's also hard for the patients. Like when things aren't done correctly, like if right. 
you go through that and there is clearly something wrong with you and they're dismissing your claims. Like, what do you do? Yeah. The, yeah, the biggest go? thing that I've, I've learned like over the years is you have to be your own advocate yeah. period. Yeah. Like that's, and that's hard to do. I mean, we just heard it in all the stuff you had to do. Like that's, it's tough. That yeah. sucks. Yeah. And I mean, so this is, I'm not just like rambling on about this. So this is like, I went home, I was in the hospital for a week and I came home. I have four kids. I couldn't lift my kid for, I don't even know, six or more weeks because of my surgery. Um, and so I had all this help and support around me. I couldn't do anything, but I had depression. I had my first panic attack. Uh, it was like the week before Thanksgiving. I, um, just kept, imagining that I was going to stop breathing because of the overdose. It just like, I, I almost stopped breathing in the hospital. And that's what my husband brought it to their attention was like, Hey, I don't think she's like really breathing in the way that she should be. Um, and so I, in the middle of the night, I would just like wake up and I would time, time my breaths. And then anytime I was awake, I would start thinking about that doctor telling me that I wasn't her problem. And so I was like really dealing with a lot of mental health things and then like, who am I? Like, what am I? Why am I? Like existential, full on existential crisis. And my husband is a second career developer and he said, hey, you should learn how to code. And I'm like, yeah, you got to be kidding me. Like, I can't even think straight. And you think I should learn how to code? So he kept saying it. And I'm like, fine, I'll do a free code camp and you stop asking me. And the funny thing was when I started free code camp, when I was learning how to code, all of those cycling thoughts, all of the PTSD would pause. So for the first time in a year, I felt peace because I was learning how to code. And it just grew from there. Like I continued to do it. I felt, I found great community. There was so much support, not like in academia, there was nothing. There was nobody that was there, no community. And so, you know, after about six months, my boss was like, Hey, I have your courses for next semester. And I said, no, thanks. So after 10 years, I, I was done and I just put all put all my chips in for coding and it's seems to have worked out. Oh my God. That's amazing. You're giving me chills. It's it's (laughs) like so inspiring and so frustrated. Like there's so many emotions, uh, just in, in the last 10 minutes of your story that you lived through for I don't know, a couple of years, many years yeah. um, that you're still kind of coming out the other side of, which is, wow, <laughs> that's that's unbelievable. Thank you for sharing. I, I really appreciate that. And I'm sure others are, are going through the same. Um, I've had my own struggles, you know, talk with Brittany more off air about than anything and uh, kind of getting out of those like, rem- what is the word they always use? Uh, remunerating, whatever, where you kind of keep cycling on a thought. Ruminating, yeah. Yeah, um, trying to get off of that can be a, a real struggle. So I'm glad you kind of found that that coding flow state that we often talk <laughs> about getting into. Um, it's something I, I only used to experience when I was running. And so it's, it's kind of cool that you found peace in that and you found your community to like help you get through it. That's, that's awesome. Um, so like one last final step before we change gears, which I'm finding it hard mentally to change gears. So I'm glad we'll have a pause. Um, what, what took you from like bootcamp coding to like full on DevRel at open source? How, how, how did that occur? Yeah. So I, um, got my first job and then I finally felt like I was knew what I was doing. Like it's eight months in, I finally understand how to communicate, when to communicate, felt uh, pretty confident. And that's when the pandemic hit, of course. So I lost my job on the day I had to go pick up my kids' books from school because they said, oh, they'll be home for three weeks. It was the rest of the year. You know, like we all all know how that went. Uh, It was not what we expected. And so I really found myself interviewing for the first time because that first job that I had, I put out a tweet. And the person that I ended up working for, Dan Ott, was looking to mentor a junior and take them on to alleviate some of the work that he was doing as an independent contractor. And so he was like, okay, let's have a conversation. That was it. Hey, it sounds like a good fit for both of us. Cool. So now I'm like schooling my kids at home. It's absolutely ridiculous because nobody knows what you're supposed to be doing. And I'm interviewing for the very first time. And there were so many interviews where I would get to like the third interview and they're like, sorry, hiring freeze. Um, 
And I just remember this one, I was doing an interview and my youngest son, I think he was five at the time, walks past my desk into my bathroom and pees with the door open while I'm interviewing. And I'm like, this is just absolutely absurd. (laughs) Oh my goodness. And so I was like crying every night. And I finally thought to myself, wait a minute, I know these feelings because I've done this before. Like we are all going through trauma. I'm not the only one that feels alone and hopeless right now. And the best thing for this is being around other people. Well, obviously it's a pandemic, you can't do that. So I put a tweet out, anybody wanna meet up for virtual coffee? And so what started in April of 2020 is still going on today. And we meet up twice a week and we do all of these events and stuff together. But it's a community of people who are at any stage of the tech journey in many different parts of tech coming together and just kind of sharing their experiences. And so I had not thought about moving into DevRel, but then it just became this natural thing. I found myself running a community. We were planning events. We were educating people. So it was all of these things that were kind of in my wheelhouse as an educator and a former community organizer. And then people started reaching out to me and saying like, hey, we've got this position open on the DevRel team. Is this something that you would be interested in? And I was like, well, I don't know. Sure, I guess. (laughs) And so... Um, I spent some time as a technical community builder and now I'm developer experience lead at open source, which I think is, is the best role for me because it combines all of the education background, understanding your audience and like being able to clearly communicate with other people and the coding skills as well. So it's been really, really great. I'm I'm so happy for you. Thank you again for sharing your story that you found a place and a a way to like feel comfortable and feel happy and like do what you want to do. That's really incredible. Um, So we're going to take a pause, take a deep breath, and then we're going to dive into open source and, and what you do over there. We'll be right back. How in the world could I forget about this? There's no need to freak out. We have Storyblock. Robert, you're right. But we still need a plan. Okay, how much time do we have left until the launch? 24 hours. Okay, let's go. ready to publish. So let's get this baby online. Thank you, Story Black, again for sponsoring us for the whole year of 2023. I should throw out there right now, if anyone's listening, um, we're open for sponsors again. So if anyone knows someone, you can sponsor our podcasts, our live streams that we do, Code with Code and Cat. Um, and also you can have a permanent fixtured position as an advertiser on our blog. So reach out. Um, all of the forms have been updated finally. So uh, I will get the emails again. Yeah, and <laughs> we're back to creating courses too, right? Finally, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, Becca, let's break down open source. So I'll, I'll jump into the website here. This is open source's homepage, but can you tell us a little more just in your own words about open source and what it means to people? Yeah, sure. So open source is a platform for contributors and maintainers. And what we like to do is try to empower contributors to tell their open source story and their journey, both to inspire other people and also to be a reference point for like, hey, look at the experience that I have. And on the maintainer side of things, we work really hard to provide an experience where maintainers can kind of like track and manage their open source projects in a way that allows them to grow and enhance them and to enrich the community. So really like trying to power up anybody that's working in open source. And when you talk about like enriching the community, do you mean the overall open source community as a whole or like the the community that that repos in or something like that? I think that you can definitely do both of those things. It just depends on like what your goals are as a maintainer or a person that's looking at open source. There's a way to look at the insights that we provide to help you make those connections and to grow deeper in your relationships. And I think for for people that are just getting into open source, I was just this reminds me. I want to put a, a 
a blog post up about people like just getting into tech and want to learn open source too. Is this a good platform for them to see like, I, I know you have trending repositories and things like that. Is that the perfect spot for them to go? Or would you suggest like, hey, jump into GitHub, check some things out and then go to open source? What does that kind of flow look like? I think you can definitely start at open source. And so when you fill out your profile, when you start, it allows us to give you recommendations for other repositories that you might be interested in. So if you have no idea where to start, that's a really great place. But we also have a course out, uh, which is intro to open source that's available for free online. And for anybody who hasn't done open source or maybe is very new and wants to learn a little bit more about it, I always recommend starting there. I like to really think about the contributor journey for our organization. And so, you know, we want to start from point zero and take folks who are contributing all the way up to advanced levels. And so we try and work on that across our repositories and what the issues that we create and how we label them. So, you know, it just in terms of open source, the organization, um, we really kind of curate that for everybody. But in terms of the platform, there are those recommendations and one of the great ways to connect with other people is to kind of see like, okay, what are, where are my friends contributing and how can I reach out to them? And it's kind of that idea of like, when I moved from teaching to tech, it was mainly largely because of the community, because once you have other people where you can bounce ideas off of, then you start to like not feel so alone in things like, oh, I'm the only one that feels this way. Well, you're not, <laughs> you just haven't met those other people or people aren't sharing their stories. And so like, this is a good way to share your story and to connect with other people and say like, oh, okay, so Brittany, I just saw that she was uh, contributing to this particular repository. I'm going to reach out to her and ask her about that experience because maybe I'm a little bit nervous and I'm not sure what to do. And then you have that personal connection where you can kind of grow there. And so I'm like community first person. So I really like the, the approach of connecting with other people. So is it kind of more social network? We may get more into that when we see like kind of a demo, but I'm wondering where where does it separate like github and how maintainers and github like do issues and things and what else does open source bring to the table for the maintainers and the contributors yeah i think that github and open source work really well hand in hand so you wouldn't use open source without github and if you want to enhance your experience as a contributor or as a maintainer then it's a really great space to be using open source and so um you can kind of think uh, from a contributor standpoint of your profile like your resume and the story of your journey and so i'm very big on storytelling i think that's what connects us to other people and the open source profile allows you to do that with features like highlights and talking a little bit more about yourself and in the same way we're um supporting maintainers by kind of telling the story of their data and insights into like who are your contributors what are they doing where are they contributing to and like why is any of this even important in the grand scheme of things and so the idea is like when you understand that it empowers you to do more and to kind of um, like see into the future. Okay, how can I identify trends of what's happening in my community? And so, you know, maybe you see one person is doing the majority of the contributions. And that's important to know, because if you don't know that, and something happens to that person, or they decide, hey, I'm done, I'm burnt out, I don't want to do this anymore, then that's going to have a real impact on what you're doing. So um, that's a big part of it. And then also to be able to work with your team and be on the same page can be a really important way to to make sure that your team is growing in that open source project and understand what is happening. I, th I think maybe it would be helpful. I'm such a visual person, like that's the only way I, I, I feel like I can learn. It might be good to dive in and kind of start to experience it a little more. Does that work? Yeah. Yeah. And while you're doing that too, I do want, do want to say like the burnout in open source too is like something that is real and like being able to recognize that and have that community around you that can help support that is, is something that would be key. Yeah. I have a blog post that went out a, maybe a month ago about um, the, the lonely journey of the maintainer because there's so much that happens, right? Like there's a lack of connection. There's so many expectations. There's not enough support or recognition. There's a lot of demands. And um, 
actually, wait, I've got this book. <laughs> so um, this book, The Making and Maintenance of Open Source Software by Nadia Eggball. Uh, it's all blurry, that is but great. it's pretty. Um, and it, the inside's pretty too. It's a very, very we good book to help. <laughs> oh yeah, that could have been my pick. Well, it's my other pick. Anyway. I, uh, I, I think pick. I have picked that before, previously. Nice. Yeah. Um, but it, it does a really good job of breaking down like the all of the things that you don't realize as an open source maintainer. And I think it's the same thing for um, anybody who's building a community. There are all of these unseen um, tasks that you're working on and that you you kind of have to support and can be come very, very heavy and lead to burnout. So, um, okay. <laughs> That's it. I, I am happy to show what's going on now in open sauce. All right. We'll dive into it. Uh, if I click the right button here. All right. So this is our explore page and this is a place where you might start to explore other contributors and repositories. So especially from a contributor viewpoint, you can choose different languages that you might want to learn more about. Uh, you can filter, okay, I want the most active. Maybe I want to contribute to the most active one. Um, and then from there, you can kind of see, uh, okay, free code camp. That's cool. I wonder if I know anyone at free code camp. And then you can learn more about was, the repository. I was going to ask the most important question before you go too far down, Alex. Is Svelte a language? Ooh, uh, uh -oh. No. Svelte isn't a language. Does that does that suffice? <laughs> the funny thing is. Oh wait, wait. React React isn't even a language in there. Okay. Yeah, I'm cool. I was gonna say the funniest thing I'm is cool. the first thing I did. So every morning I I check GitHub trends, and mostly it's because I want to reach out <laughs> to open source people and bring them on the podcast so we can talk about their product, their you know, project, not product, their project and kind of what they're working on. Um, so the first thing I did was what Brittany just said in, in GitHub, you can click and set it to Svelte, right? And when I came in here, I was like, oh, there's no Svelte. So I got a little sad, but, but no, it, I, I Svelte's not a, there's not, not a, a React one either. I do see there, React, it, but when there is React. Wait, where? Oh, there is. Okay. But it's not an alphabetical no. order, but this is what I'll say. <laughs> We are an open source project, <laughs> so feel free to open up an issue. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Um, Sorry, okay, we so... broke your flow. <laughs> the free, might... free code camp's always on the top. It'll probably never come off the top. Um, what do what do people usually break into in here? They want to see kind of like what's trending as well. Yeah, you can kind of see, because we're looking at the most active, we can take a look and kind of gauge, okay, so what is the health of these um, repositories that we're looking at? You can check out who the contributors are um, and then the activity chart, which is just loading really slow. So I'm just gonna uh, bypass that. But so I would say like, okay, I'm new to open source or maybe I really want a promotion and I need to up level. So what do I do? I'm going to go and I'm going to contribute to open source. So what am I going to contribute to? Well, I don't know, but these ones look interesting. So I'm going to kind of keep track of those by creating an insight page. So um, places I want to contribute. Um, if you want to look at all of the repositories for a particular organization, you can add them there. Let's see, I'm going to go ahead and create this page. And then this kind of allows you to keep track of those repositories and learn more about them, see everybody who's contributing there. Um, so it can be a nice way to keep track of that. Or uh, let me go back and show you some of mine. So these are all of my insight pages. And let's see, virtual coffee. You can make them public or private. But this kind of helps me to see who is contributing to virtual coffee. What are they doing? Um, how active are they? Are they, um, is it the same person over and over? And kind of taking a look at different things. So as you can see, <laughs> we've got low activity in all of uh, many of these, which is fine because they're not meant to be high activity. Our Hacktoberfest one probably would have seen that a little higher lately. This is our main website and this is where we get most of our contributions. 
But you can also, let's go back here and I'll show you lists. List is a newer feature and one of my favorite ones. So I have all of my Twitter space guests that I've had. I do Twitter spaces on Tuesdays at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. Um, and you can I can learn more about everyone that I've had on those spaces. So uh, not that anybody needs to know all of this information, but I think it's really interesting to kind of see, okay, like where are these people active? What are they doing? Where are they contributing the most? And so um, let's see, I had Daniel Rowe on last week who contributes a lot to Nuxt, and we talked about what that looks like, uh, how they create a positive environment, and it was really great to kind of see some of the things that he's doing. Let's see. This is a new feature that I think we just shipped yesterday. So this I think is... I might have to uh, put a PR in, by the way, because I would have never clicked on the the lists uh, link to originally get in here. It's it says insights, and then list is like so gray. I'm like, I never knew that was here. So I'm glad we're doing this podcast. <laughs> and this is like one of the things that we're really familiar with. We're a really small team. We're a startup of. How many people do we have? Seven to nine people. Um, sorry to whoever I left off that list there. Uh, <laughs> and so we're always trying to make these improvements. So we're shipping things really fast and we've got a, a solid, a really solid team of people. Um, yeah. But always we appreciate feedback. So anytime you're like, what do I do with this? You, you can <laughs> let me know and I'm happy to make sure that I get an issue up for you there. I love it. And anyone can just go out and put an issue in the GitHub repo, right? Yep, absolutely. Uh, and most of the issues we have um, folks taking. So we'll have things that are labeled for core team, but we have a lot of really solid contributors. It's been great, actually. Hacktoberfest was a lot of fun this year because we opted in seven repos, I think. And we saw some people contributing for the first time and then contributing to many of our repositories. So that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so you can see like more about your contributors, their activity level, where they contributed to last, and some other information that just kind of helps you get some insight into like, okay, who are these people? Why should I care about the things that they're doing? And for me, this is my Twitter space list, but what you might do is have a list of your contributors to your repositories to kind of see where they're going, where else are they contributing to. Maybe there's a list of people that you potentially want to hire. And so it allows you to kind of track them and see um, what they're doing and how they're doing it. So those are some of our um, features for getting insights into your data. Uh, this is one of my favorite features, which is our highlights feed. So we're really big into storytelling and promoting, um, redefining what a contribution is. So what else are you doing? This kind of allows you to tell that story. GitHub doesn't give you any context into what you've done. And so people can go ahead and they can create a highlight for an issue, a pull request, or a dev2 blog post. And we're adding support for more things as we go on. And the idea is like one, this becomes shareable, but two, you can provide context into the thing that you're doing and it will go on your profile. And so when I say like this becomes kind of your contributor journey and your resume, this is what I mean. So you have this highlights thing, anyone can come to your profile and say like, oh, okay, these are the things that you're most proud of. I spent a lot of time reorganizing docs, so that's on there. Uh, yesterday I shipped a maintainer's guide that's gonna go on here next. So um, it's a, a good way to kind of centralize what you're doing and to be able to see how you're doing it and get more information and to connect with other people. So we have these dev cards, so cool. which are <laughs> super cute. Nick Wait, Taylor is Nick, crushing it, he's on my this? team. How did you get here? I'm so sorry. you'll see, um, oh wait, let me go back to my profile. I had no idea this was Nick thing Taylor is like, oh, he's amazing and he was like one of my best friends at uh, Netlify. So. so if you click this card, so Nick, Nick has been coming to virtual coffee since the very beginning. And it's always been like my dream to work with him. He's always been someone that I've gone to, to like ask questions, to get feedback from. And so when he joined open sauce, it was just, you know, a dream come true to be able to work with him. He's so great. So like kind and smart, and he never makes you feel like you've asked a bad question. Like I've never met someone more genuine than Nick. 
not to go on another just like a a two-second tangent like when we were uh, in hawaii and netlify i said like i have to go snorkeling everywhere and he didn't want me to go snorkel by myself so he went out early in the morning and went snorkeling his wife was there and so they both came snorkeling with me and we just went like around the little cove snorkeling in the morning he's like the most kind and genuine person like you said like he's amazing He is, he's always like on dev too and always streaming on Twitch too. Yep. And I think That's a lot of it's started. writing open or open sauce, right? Too. It's yeah, so work. he actually started this week streaming open sauce, the work that he is doing for open sauce. But you know, he has his streams where he talks to other people about what they're doing in tech. He streams helping people. He's just like he just does all of the things. We always yeah. he was I think our first episode of the virtual coffee podcast. I think he was our very first guest. And so that episode is titled Structured YOLO, I think, because he's like, it's YOLO, but you just have to like create some kind of structure around it. So it's always been like, the. then I told him the other day, I said, I think I'm getting better at structured YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, Nick's great. Um, Sorry, yeah, so, so this I is completely your, your interrupted profile. You. How did, so up in the top by your, your photo, that's how you open that like preview? Is that? Yeah, this is your dev card. Nice. I didn't even know that was there. Yeah, do I. You, uh, do you mind doing, I think this is included, but um, when you do the, um, I think it's open AI. I don't know. There's some AI automation for filling out a thing. Like if you were to go to make a post. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, let's, okay. Which I'm Hold amazed on, if this is free. Or do you, because, yeah, do you have any integrations with that? What is that daily.dev? It looks like the same card they yeah, use. I always use daily.dev. Um, I need dev. to get better. It's it's my home screen and I never use it. Um, <laughs> the card Sorry, that they use looks very reading. similar. Um, yeah, one of our designers, let's see, add team sync. Nope, that's not it, this one. Um, worked on the card and did a really great job. They're so cute. I wish that we... Yeah utilize them a little, where am I going? Um, so we have a couple of things. So we do have, all right, so this is a highlight. So I just pasted in, this is the pull request. This is what I did yesterday. Um, my maintainer's guide section to our docs got merged in. And so this gives you the, um, the social sharing card. It automatically added that. And then I should be able to auto summarize this using AI. Let's see if it's going to work. Um, maybe it's thinking about it. Yeah, mine mine happened so quick. I was like, holy smokes, I wasn't expecting someone to write this. Sometimes you have to log out and log back in again. I'm not sure. Oh, it looks like it's thinking about it. It probably would help if I like had shut down the million windows and tabs that I had open before this. <laughs> um, but it will, it will auto-summarize it. We also have, um, I'm just going to click out of here. We have the Chrome extension too, which is another way that you should be able to generate your highlight cards. Um, and you can see a little bit more about your uh, your profile there. It's also, that's also built into, so if you use that, you'll see it on GitHub. So let's see. Um, Brittany, are you on OpenSauced? I was just actually authenticating and um, trying to add like spelt sirens in some of the things. I think I have before though. So I thought I was on here. Yeah, I am. Well, let's see if there's, so if there's somebody, I don't know who this is. Osma, so you can try to search for me. So if you have the Chrome extension installed, let me, I'm clicking the wrong thing every single time. So you can see you can invite somebody to open source doing um, using the Chrome extension. It oh, also cool. will do PR reviews. Uh, it can help with that. It can help with documentation and tests, I think. And also it will auto generate your PR description, which I find to be super useful when I've been working on something for a long time and I'm like, what have I even done here? <laughs> what does it look like if you go to my thing on open source? Like my profile. Okay. Is there a way to tell like if people are already on open source? Is... Yeah, wait, am I spelling, how do you spell your name? E-T-N-E-Y. 
There we go. I saw it. No, nope, I saw it. There you go. Okay, so you've got a dev card, you've got a maintainer badge, and so it tells more about the languages that you've been doing, um, gives all of your PRs, and then once you have added a highlight, it will show up in your highlights feed. Okay, cool. And I can add you to a list. Sweet. Um, well, I don't know which list to add you to, but... Uh, yeah. I'm going to add you to my Twitter space guest list and then ask you if you want to come on my Twitter space sometime. <laughs> done okay, and cool. done. We're not calling them X spaces yet. Those sounds, that sounds so weird. So, I do. I, I'm just like, are I want to be. Can we go on a rant about this? Because every time you say like an X post, an X space, like how are you supposed to take that? Like, oh, it's, it a, sounds, it's an old post? I don't get it. It also I think sounds it was silly. easier. To, yeah. Right. When they <laughs> had that thing, ever. somebody's wife like freaked out over the getting that bill for you just subscribed your payment to X has <laughs> processed. And now it says like formerly Twitter. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's really dumb. It's I'm bad. sorry. It's not. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> but it's interesting. Like my 12 year old calls it X all the time, you know, like I, I feel oh, like. That, but they right adapt. They just like and, jump on stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So we're old curmudgeons, I think. <laughs> yeah. What else? What else are we missing on open sauce? You just taught me like two new things. There's dev cards I didn't know about. There's a Chrome extension I didn't know about. Uh, like there, there's gotta be more happening. I see like filter repositories and things, uh, do the highlights list. Like, is that just people you follow? How's, how's all of this work back? I'm like, yeah, yeah. So the more highlights, excited by the minute. <laughs> the highlights, you can look at everybody's highlights and you can also see whoever's highlights, whoever you are following. Um, let's see. Oh, oh, I didn't show you about adding your team. So let's go to lists. We're going to create a new list. Um, so let's say, uh, example team. So there's three ways that you can add a list. It can be, um, by default it's private, but you can make it public. You can explore contributors and add them. So for virtual coffee, we did a big Hacktoberfest, um, event. And so I added all of the people who asked for mentorship to a list so I could kind of monitor and see how they were doing. And so I was able mm. to um, see the repositories they were contributing to, kind of notice some trends. And then it was so much easier to recognize like, okay, this person hasn't contributed at all. It's time to like ask them how they're doing. Do they need some support? Nudge their mentor or whatever. So um, that was really useful. You can import your GitHub following. I don't really follow that many people on GitHub, um, but I know that some some people do, so it's useful for that. But um, your you team- Do you know if that's a one-time sync? Because I did that once. I, I followed a decent amount of people on there. Um, I didn't know if it would like continuously update or not though. It doesn't continuously update. Okay. And I think right now we, we, this is a newer feature again. It just rolled out, I think, we had a product hunt launch. It was November, October 5th, I think. Um, it was right around my daughter's birthday. But uh, that feature rolled out then. And I think it was pulling in 10 of your followers. So not the entire list, but you can you can add more than 10 there. So I think that was something we were working on upping that limit. But um, when it rolled out, that was the limit there. So I actually, so I can... I see coding cat dev because you are an organization. So here, there's a couple of things here. One, if you don't see your organization there, it might be because your profile is not public on the organization, which I didn't even know was a thing. So I've yeah. been doing virtual coffee since April of 2020, and I didn't realize nobody that visited my uh, GitHub profile could see that I was part of virtual coffee because by default, mm. it's private. You have to change it to public. Um, I don't think I knew that either. So if you don't see your organization, that's number one reason why. And so for here, what we see, the reason why I can't, uh, we saw an error message, I can't add the team, is because there's OAuth permissions on uh, coding cat dev that doesn't allow me to add it. So I'm not an admin. I would have to request you to add that. But I did set it up for virtual coffee. Oh, 
Okay, wait a minute. I set this up for virtual coffee. Let me let me try to log in again and see if this will work. Um, so I changed those and actually, so I learned a lot going through this process because I wasn't really sure like what is working. So it took me a while to be able to see the organizations I was a part of. I had to make myself public. And the second part of that was I couldn't add my team because there weren't um, specific permissions at the org level. So if this is something you're interesting and interested in doing, uh, on our docs, we have this in the FAQs. So you can go through and see, okay, these are the directions that I have to follow because it's not super straightforward. It took some digging into the GitHub docs to figure out what I was doing. So can I, I want to, I want to try this if I share, let me, can I take over a minute? Yeah, do it. Okay. So we have our team out here which I, mm -hmm. I'd love to make public. So I have Coding Cat. How do I sync up to GitHub? Okay, so you, so the, this is the insights page. Okay. And from there you, okay, so there's two ways that you can go about this. Let me, I'm just gonna try and follow along here. Do, do, do. Um, the first way is, you can select one of those repositories. Okay. And then you can import people. If you go to your contributor list, what did I do? I want to go into our main repo here. Oops, I opened the repo. Uh, you, uh, wait, it's already part of an insight page. Can you scroll up a little bit? Oh, it says you have, does that say zero contributors? Well, that's the thing I was kind of mentioning before we started. I was like, I don't know why none of the PRs or anything are, are in here, which is odd. Yeah, it is odd. Like, is it a permissions thing? It's a public repo, public organization. So I don't know. If it's a public repository, then that shouldn't be happening. But if you have just synced an organization, sometimes it will take a little while up to a day for that information to sync back on open source. So if you yeah. notice tomorrow that that information hasn't been updated, then there's definitely some kind of issue happening. Um, did you happen to like open up DevTools and see if there were any errors? It doesn't look like an error. It just looks like the information hasn't, the data hasn't been pulled yet. Yeah, it seems so, like the, kind of the background processes maybe haven't turned off, but I can, so, when I add team members here, this is adding them to open source. So if I do, you know, Brittany's, oh, is this an email thing? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I won't, I won't type in the email online, but uh, yeah. Interesting. So if okay. you, you can add Brittany as a teammate. So then she has access to all of your pages and then there's permissions there. So she can be, she can just look at those insight pages and lists or she can, you can make her an admin and she can edit them. So, you know, if you have a contributor list and you want to add someone or Brittany knows like, oh, we added this person, it wasn't updated, then um, she can go ahead and update that person. So, um, yeah. yeah. And then your lists, again, list is, so insights is for repositories and lists are for people. And that's, I know that the naming can be, uh confusing, but that's also something that we've been working on, just trying to make it a little bit clearer to folks who are using the platform to figure out like, okay, what are these things doing? You know, now that you, you say that this is starting to make more, this is, see, I kept like seeing this and not seeing the lists. I think that's probably why. So um, like, I think your following lists comes by default or it created, I believe. Um, this, this must've been my GitHub followers then. Yeah. Um, and so you were saying I could add to this further, right? Yeah, if you edit your list there. Okay. And then you would. So you can add, see that that's here. remove. There's your gotcha. add. And you can search for contributors. So you would use their GitHub username to search. We're, we're working on the speed. It, it's coming. It's close. No worries. I know it's, I know it's all fun API calls. Cool. And then I can add. Mm -hmm. Okay. This makes more sense to me. I was trying to wrap my head around like, what, what are the insights pages for? I didn't know there was a list. So that makes more sense too. Um, what I'd love to like get to the point of is 
instead of having to do like out here, which I invited you to this the other day, um, I'm just gonna take this off just one second because I don't know what top secret things are out here. I just wanna go to our teams. Uh, okay. So there's kind of like our core member teams and then I just invited you to our podcast guests and it'd be really sweet to have like this team presented out on out on the open sauce page as like different teams within a project uh, within a a repo as well. Yeah. Yeah. And you should be able to uh create a list for each of those people on the team and then use that information however you want to. To populate it. Cool. That makes sense. I love it. So while we were chatting, I just went and I made a pull request to add Svelte and I just put it in the uh, private chat. If you want to pull it up, you can check it out. <laughs> nice. So that is maybe going to get merged. I didn't add any tests or anything, but I just put it in the interesting so that is awesome did you do the pr yeah it's just... yeah there's a pr there that's interesting i don't think i've ever seen a, a just feature so i think they use semver i yeah. think it has to be featured and then parens around it just fyi oh wait what so this is something I, I don't strictly strictly foul to, but my my PR the other day, uh, B Dougie was like, "Hey, you need to follow some like the traditional." Um, so what I use feet just F E A T. So what and then is a colon? Like yeah, lowercase. So there's a GitHub action that runs uh, for compliance, and you can see it should tell you Oops. there what's going on. Your so what's it supposed to look like? So it should be. So your should be a feature F E A T and then colon and then the. I tried colon. Of... I did it in Git Pod and I tried colon and it told me that wasn't a valid branch. Oh no. Yeah. So I I don't know what was going on with that. That does I the same it. in VS Code all the time too. So. Yeah. So it, there's like a compatibility thing, but. I, I updated your title, so thank you. I passed the yeah. So it's a colon, and I just I did a hyphen because it wouldn't let me do the colon. But okay, it's all good. Part of the fun of open source, we're always learning. Yeah, and I mean, oh yeah. Now now so that changed. You could see before it said like here's you this needs to be updated, and now I updated that for you, and it says PR compliance checks passed. So sweet, thank you. That's cool. All right. What am I what am I missing, Becca? What did we not cover about open source? Um, we've got some other tools that you can definitely check out. They're all listed in the docs. So we have a CLI tool called the Pizza CLI, um, which is pretty cool. I I actually where is my blog post? Open source.pizza. Um, so we had Hacktoberfest, like I said, and I used um, open source to go through and track all of the things that we were doing for Hacktoberfest. And so let's see here. You can see all of our contributors. If at all possible, if you have the window, can you scrunch your window down on, on your actual like computer? Yeah. Oh, scrunch. If you keep cool. going. Oh, is it a 4K monitor? Yeah. It's, it's just a ratio thing. Cool. That's perfect. That's great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, we were on product hunt, like I said. I think we we were in fourth or fifth. Um, it was unclear. <laughs> they product hunt gets badges. a little weird on oh, the, uh, gave us a fourth uh, badge, but then it said fifth. So yeah. either way, we made the top five. Uh, so this is the pizza CLI. There's different things that you can do with it, but I really like... Um, the little uh, visualization for it. So it tells you all of our new contributors, our alumni contributors over, this was over the period of Hacktoberfest. So it's a neat little tool that you can use to get some information on your 
repositories or it doesn't have to be your repository. It can be somebody else's, but you can um, check out all the things that it does if you actually, I don't think I have a link for it. Well, that's needs fixed. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you can get different metrics about who the contributors are, what's happening in the repository and that kind of information. So um, that's another one. Is of there our any tools. possibility of ordering pizza through? <laughs> um, that that is definitely a feature that we've been working on for this entire time. Awesome P pizza with pineapple only, though I I heard. Yes. Not a like a full like Hawaiian with pineapple ham. No adjustments there. <laughs> just such just... a polarizing topic, but like people that love pineapple on pizza, I'm for. <laughs> There, I went to college, um, a little college called St. Vincent College in a tiny town called Latrobe. And in the neighboring town, there is this pizza place called Joyo's, and they have a sweet bread crust, which is kind of like um, if you've ever had those Hawaiian rolls, like those sweet Hawaiian yeah. rolls, that's what the crust tastes like. And it sounds strange, but is actually very good. Wow. That's oh, that cool. sounds kind of good. Oh, you can brew install CLI. That's so nice. You guys really are crushing it. Wow. Moving really fast. It's been great. I've been there since April and I feel like every day there's something new that's shipped out. It's great. I, I want to ask you this question and I, I, I'm just going to put you on the spot. How the heck are you funding this? Is this VC backed? Is it just, you know, you guys are just working for free because it's so fun? Uh, right now we do have funding. We're VC backed and we are, uh, we have a pricing model that I'm not sure that we've launched that on the website or not, but we're working with different enterprises and organizations to support them in the things that they're doing. So we do have some paying customers as well, but it's definitely something that we're working on. Yeah. That's really cool. I, I saw like kind of a little upgrade if you want to add more people. So there's, there's yeah. probably a lot, a lot of little Kind of toggles coming, I would assume, as you build up features. That's really neat. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Becca, for showing off, telling your story, first of all. Like, that was the most important part. That was incredible. And thank you for sharing. Um, but then also to to show us open source, uh, I can't wait to continue following you and see your journey move forward. And hopefully I'll, I'll join you for a virtual coffee as well soon. Okay. Sounds like I need to get in on that group. <laughs> Thanks um, so much for having me. Yeah. yeah, let's uh, at, at this point, we're just going to transition over. We're going to do our perfect picks. Um, and I think I actually have yours up first, if you don't mind, Becca, if you're ready. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is Say My Name. It launched yesterday on Product Hunt. And actually, one of the members of Virtual Coffee has been working on this. We had a demo in public challenge a couple months ago, and this is uh, something that he had been working on. But one of the nice things about it is Sorry. Sorry, I was listening to see if it was going to play. Um, the idea is if you have a hard to pronounce name, you can record your name and then you can send that to people. And I know people butcher my name all the time. And for whatever reason, I'm really bad about explaining phonetically how to say my name. I, like once was writing it out and I asked my husband, I'm like, is, does this sound good? He was like, is that how you say your name? I'm like, no, that's 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 not how I say my name. <laughs> um, so this takes all of that away and I can just send them my uh, profile that says Becca Harat Weigel. What That's I need really next is a spell my name. Yes. Because that is my problem. <laughs> I've got yeah. it too, because I have a K-A-H instead of a C-C-A. So it's, yeah. say your spell my name. I... <laughs> <laughs> All the things for names. Yeah. Uh, Britt, do you want to go? Uh, what did I pick? Oh, Loki. Yes, Loki was so good. And I know Becca said that she had not seen it. So I'm not going to give away any spoilers. But second season was amazing. It was really good. I didn't even know what to expect. Because the first season, I mean, it kind of got a little weird. And it's still a little weird. But it's, I was gonna say, it's didn't it get weirder? <laughs> uh, it, it did get weirder. But it's, it's like, it throws you for a loop. And it's cool. So I rewatched the last episode twice now. I, we watched the first episode by accident, and I'm like, I don't know if I remember the whole season. <laughs> like, what happened? <laughs> and but I caught back up pretty fast. So it's just these I, I shows like that are coming used... back on from like COVID have been gone for so long, 
And I'm like, I do not remember what happened. I feel like I mainly use TV to to tune out. So like, I usually don't remember things at all for TV. It's just like, oh, I know it was good. That's it. Yeah. My son keeps harassing me because we'll go see like his FNAF movie that he was like obsessed with and (laughs) like knows everything about and wants to tell me all the things about it. I'm like half fall asleep, completely fell asleep in the theater. I'm like, I don't like, you know, I don't need to know everything and remember everything. All right. My pick um, came up, which maybe it'll come up on my open sauce. Now I'm dragging a little more, but came up on GitHub trending for Svelte's uh, Animotion. Uh, so I went to to check this out a little further. I it's feel like it's yeah. mainly a rapper, but I could be wrong. Um, so it, it does call out like right in here that it's got Reveal.js in here. So when you go out to Reveal.js, there's a lot more information. So it's almost like a, a triple pick today, I guess. I don't know. Um, so Reveal.js is how you can create all of these different um, like slides and it has all this animation pieces. So I've been looking at work to try to figure out how to get more visual with our stuff. And we now have all of our docs in Astro. So one of the cool parts um, that I'm thinking about doing is actually writing them in this so that we can actually put them on the page, not just like embed a Google Slides or like some PDF, whatever images, all that stuff. It's actually code. So we a can- A lot like... of people do their like felt Summit talks in this stuff. Yeah. I, um, can you go back to the over... GitHub too before you stop? Yeah, let me just show yeah. off the last okay. piece. Sorry. So, so I think the way that, um, I think it's Hakeem is who's creating this and other contributors. Um, so I think the way that they're trying to fund it is through this. And it seems like they must be because they have a decent clientele out here, um, trusted by over 2 million presenters. Of course, there's probably a lot of free ones, but it's really incredible product. When you go into slides, you can like actually do it all. So you don't have to code it all from scratch. You actually can create the slides out here. Um, and it looks like they've added AI. I, I didn't see that the other night when I was checking it out. Um, but you can export all of that out. And I think we can use Animotion. And this is the part I still don't know about. But I think we can use that directly in our Svelte repo on Coding Cat as well to do our lessons now. So I'm pretty stoked about this. We'll see uh, how far we can get with it. Yeah, because this is using Svelte. If you scroll back up to the contributors, um, this is actually, so I said Mattia. Mattia is Joy of Code on uh, YouTube. And Thomas, Thomas from AppRite. And oh, who that is? That's yes, Joy that is uh, Thomas who does Melt UI and oh, yeah. um, works for AppRite. So contributes to Pink at AppRite. Yeah. I did not realize I has been on Coding Cat a couple of times. Wow. Awesome. I didn't put that together at all. Thank you. You know how bad I am with names. And you can invite them to open source. <laughs> yeah. I can with my new browser extension. Let's try it. Uh, through this? Through. I, I, I almost said it. Twitter. Oh, that's that's <laughs> weird. Through X. I, I kind of figured I'd be able to like DM them, not just send it out broadly. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder, um, we had interns from GitHub working on the browser extension this summer. Oh. So it probably depends on what information they have public on GitHub. Uh, Yeah, that is interesting. I was thinking that they had, yeah, they're, I don't know. That's that's cool. It may be, can you DM them on Twitter, like privately? I don't think it pops up that way. It's just it's yeah. it's using this handle but to open You know how it. the Twitter API like stopped yeah. being like how right. do you actually do that? <laughs> uh good question. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder because you can choose whether or not to have your email public on GitHub. So I wonder if somebody's email is public if it's able to email them. Oops. I was told not to put TMs up on screen anymore. Sorry. I'll take that down. I got I got yelled at the other day. I don't know why. There's nothing secret in there, folks, but a DM is truly between two people, and that's the way it should stay. That's what I learned. 
That's what you learned. <laughs> yep. Anyways, uh, Becca, thank you so much for uh, showing us around once again. I love the uh, the pick. I think I, I I usually go by Alex, but anytime I got to go with the Alexander, people like to say Alexander with the Z. So mm. I might put mine on there. We'll oh. check it out. I uh, I met my boss when I was in Denver and I met him and I called him Alexander for no reason. Like his name is Alex. And it's like, Alexander. Like, I'm nervous. <laughs> I might have had a lot of alcohol that day. <laughs> it could have been a good day. Oh, it was a great day. All right. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.